0: Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just going to bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. Get me back. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive.
1: They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy...
0: On this show, this is Your Brain on Film.
1: We turn our attention to films that warp your minds and melt your faces. We will be discussing the psychedelic themes explored by Alejandro Jodorowsky, Gapar Noe, and David Lynch. We'll also be cranking the party up till 11 by exploring the ruckus party films of Cheech and Chong, Broken Lizard, National Lampoons, and Jay and Silent Bob. Join us for a mind-altering good time. And remember, don't try this at home.
0: Systems online. Acquiring target. Oh, this is awesome. We have temperature control in the sector. I'm just saying it's a key scenario
1: We haven't had a glitch since 98
0: If you have a confirmed kill, take her out too We're running out of time The Cabin in the Woods, Rated R in theaters April 13th
1: Alright folks, welcome to Cinema Degeneration This is a new show we're doing called This Is Your Brain on Film where we uh, celebrate uh, different types of films that lead you into the unknown on different uh, mind-altering levels. <laughs> I am your host, Cameron Scott. I am a fan and filmmaker. Today, I have my good friend with me as a co-host, Jerry Reeves. Say hi to everybody, Jerry.
0: Hi, everybody, Jerry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is my good friend, Jerry. Uh, we've worked on a couple of films together. Uh, he's an actor friend of mine, uh, we have tentatively nicknamed him the
0: demon. Yes, the demon. The demon is great. I like that.
1: What, and what, what does the demon have to say about vaccinating your kids?
0: <laughs> Do it or they'll die. <laughs> I mean, especially oh. right now. Come on. Oh, right, right. I mean, all <laughs> these non-vaxxers, they want a world with no vaccines. Guess what? This is one without one vaccine. So, yay! Right. Your non vaxxers are dumbasses. Oh, can I? <laughs> and for everybody that doesn't them? know, that's just a. Oh yeah, you can cuss all you want. Okay. We don't. We and, don't censor I, around here. Okay, and that's the demon. That's the demon. He'll, he'll come but, out, every
1: Yeah, that's an. Is an inside joke for people that don't know us. It was an on uh, on set joke.
0: Yes. Well, let's yes. G- <laughs>
1: you just have you'd have to be there folks anyways uh our first film uh of this particular series we are doing 2012's the cabin in the woods and uh it's a very much a stoner comedy slash horror slash thriller i think it's a probably a good mixture of all three of those uh yeah, because, you know, in, in the beginning, you don't quite know what's going on. For a movie that's titled
0: Cabin in the Woods,
1: you I, know, it has a
0: very... I found it weird that they just up and left, and I was like, what?
1: Well, you know, let's give a quick synopsis. Um, I got a little ahead of myself here. There's the IMDB synopsis, which is very, very short. It says, five friends go on a break at a remote cabin in the woods. Where they get more than they bargain for, discovering the truth behind the true cabin in the woods, and that doesn't really say much uh, about it that we can uh, scroll down a little bit more here, but uh, it's you know without spoiling it right off the bat, we're all about spoilers here, and we will not be uh, spoiler free, but we're gonna save the the what, what's going on because at the beginning it's very suspicious. Is what the hell's going on? It, it kind of looks like a couple guys getting ready for another day at the office. You know, just two guys discussing their work week. Hey, you want to come on over? I'm gonna get a power drill and take down my cabinets. You know, and the guys it's like ignoring him and drinking his coffee. You know, it, it, it's very. Uh, very blase at the very beginning. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it looks like it could have almost been a cut scene from The Office or Office Space. Yeah. But, you know, that's what I love about it. You don't know what you're getting into. That builds, the the suspense, and builds and builds on it to you're just going, what the fuck's going on here? I mean, obviously, bad and creepy things are going to be happening and coming. If you've seen the trailer, if you come to this movie... You know, it's a horror movie called Cabin in the Woods. You know bad things are gonna happen (laughs) eventually. One thing that
0: I was wondering about is that cover work, the artwork.
1: Oh yeah, where it looks where that makes the house look like a puzzle
0: box. A puzzle box. So I mean that just goes into what in the world are we looking at? You know? Right. And with the Cabin in the Wood, three levels look like a Rubik's Cube. You know, right, right. What's you know, about to happen? Well, you know, that's
1: uh, where I think it's a strong point uh, is the uh, one of the things I love about it is the writing of this movie. It's a very intelligent film for being a stoner horror comedy flick. <laughs> but, you know, you don't, you get little glimpses, you know, you don't know what's happening there. You're, you're the story is at the beginning centering around these uh, five college kids coming together to go to a cabin in the woods. It starts very atypical after that opening scene. But then, you know, as the camera pulls away, there's a guy on the roof with a, with a CB or, you know, looks like he's almost like a sniper. And then they're, they're talking about, you know, they're watching these people. They're being, you know, watched on, you know, closed circuit TV, so to speak. And, you know, it's all on the down low. It's very, uh, like the conversation with Gene Hackman, you know, you, you could tell they're being watched, they're being listened to, but you have really no idea what for. And, yeah. you know, you, you introduce some of the characters and some of them are your atypical. You got Chris Hemsworth plays, you know, a, a jock. You, you got a, a girl who's <laughs> so, kind of promiscuous, uh... promiscuous. You got another girl who's a bookworm. You got another guy who's, a, 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 you know, a, a bookworm as well. And then enters Marty, our resident stoner. <laughs> And he enters.
0: He's great. He's just great.
1: I well, mean. he he enters in classic stoner fashion in a you know in a car with the windows rolled down, smoke just billowing out. He's hitting a big bong while he's you know driving through the intersection. Intersection, almost hitting a, a few people. So as he drives through the intersection, it's just rolling out his windows. That was
0: you know That was a coffee mug.
1: Yes, yes, the, the, the four-foot-tall foot bong that he has. It's
0: like a coffee mug.
1: Yeah, this is an and extended coffee, coffee mug, and really it all collapses coffee.
0: down.
1: <laughs> and the, the first coffee. thing Chris Hemsworth tells him is, like, you're not bringing that with you. You're not bringing that four-foot fucking thing on, on the RV. And he's like, oh, no, ka and he just collapses it down, and the, the handle turns around and everything, and then it just looks like any other normal coffee mug and and that mug we will come back to that mug because it's gonna play an integral part to the movie here uh, a very important part to the movie it actually saves and ruins the movie at the same time (laughs) The, the foreboding theme of this movie the aura of this movie is this you know you're like a fly on the wall watching these kids. They're at least until a good third, almost halfway into the movie, unaware of really what's coming for them. They don't know that they're being watched. And then they get to this character on their way to the cabin in the woods, which is always out in the middle of nowhere is the guy who is simply known as the harbinger. You know, I mean, they're setting things up from the beginning. They're watching, watching the kids. They're, altering them with, you know, altering their minds with uh, pheromones and drugs and things like that. And then they even have the, ha- the Harbinger <clears throat> who's in charge of monitoring them. And he's like the atypical uh, Crazy Ralph character. He does everything but scream at them, you're all doomed! Yeah. And he's, he's just great. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's an asshole, he's... Racist, he's sexist. He's everything uh-huh. you want an, an asshole character to be. I mean, he insults them. He thinks they're tr- you know he insults them for uh insinuates that they're stealing from him. He insinuates the one girl is a whore, and he's calling them names and insulting them their intelligence by implying they you know they can't count, can't read, <laughs> can't uh-huh. pump gas. It's a great character. It's funny as shit. Is it yeah. actually kind of character? Quite frankly, Jerry, I could
0: see you playing. Yeah.
1: And I mean that in a good way, ben since I said actor, he was a horrible, was horrible actor. guy,
0: but... <laughs> I love being a horrible guy. Come on.
1: On a, on a side note, as an actor, I gotta ask, like playing good guys or bad guys better? Bad guys. Why is that? I asked that sooner of everyone What of my actors better. Sooner or later,
0: everybody loves the heel. The bad guy. Sooner or later. That's true. That's true. That's
1: the answer I usually get from people. That, you know, it's like, it's just... The, the bad guy characters are that much more memorable and they're that much more fun to play.
0: Um, you can get people to hate you more than, uh, and easier than you can get them to love you. I learned that as a wrestler. Um, I played mainly huh. heel and in, in, uh, in my wrestling time. So. In our classes that we took, we had to learn about that. And it's, it's so much easier to play a heel because you can get people to hate you so quick. I do it every day. And I'm just driving. So <laughs> I mean, so it, it just goes. And you get to be that person. You get to be that other person. You know, you, you get to be the bad guy in the film. You can't go out and kill people for real. I mean, you could. But I'm <laughs> right. pretty sure I I'm, I can't be sitting here on the TV talking to you after I did it, you know? <laughs> That's right. I mean, I don't know. so. I, I've,
1: I've just always had a lot more fun playing uh, bad guys. It's just, you get to do something, you know, that, you know, you're not supposed to do, you know, for exactly. film, for fun. And, it's, you know what I mean? Just being a crazy motherfucker.
0: Yeah, I—I I mean, the most recent film I did with you, I had tons of fun, and I was the bad guy. Yeah,
1: you're pretty much the the main heavy
0: in that one. I—I I, I did the killing.
1: Yep. I loved it. And you know, we won't say which film that is, so we don't give no. it away. But you killed me. I you, did. You. you yeah,
0: yeah. And, yeah, and I still
1: invited John the show. Yes, son yeah. of a bitch.
0: <laughs> Hello. Well, I, anyway, I had to force feeds you some pizzas. So oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. It, it was
1: almost death. It was almost death by pizza, but not quite. Real, very close. Very, very close. Uh, but anyway, back, anyway. back to Arbor. Yeah, back to the movie. Yeah, I, I, I digress. Uh, yes. But anyway, we they finally get to the cabin. Before they get to the cabin, there's a very unique tracking shot. And I know you're going to know which one I'm talking about. Whereas camera's kind of gliding and is following the RV through you know, through a tunnel around the edge of a mountain and And then it becomes, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just, the bird is just kind of, you know, it's tracks from following the RV to following this bird flying through the air. And it's just kind of floating and flying and gliding. And then it hits this invisible, like force field, electrified fence that French fries it. So, you know, it's again, something that they don't see, but we, as the
0: audience sees, and oh, yeah, I know got that, really excited when I saw that in the theater. I went, "Ooh, now here we here we're gonna have some fun." <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, "Oh, really?" Like, you know. And then you get to the cabin a minute later, and you think you're in the Evil Dead. You, I, I release. I really it's, did. You know, it's very exactly. Evil Dead like. And I think it was meant to be. I don't think it was just you know they were. Trying to rip it off, I think it was a direct homage. They just like anybody who's going to see a movie Cabin in the Woods is likely an Evil Dead fan.
0: Yeah, and, and the fact that that's a noteworthy cabin that's been in the woods in these movies, yeah, that everybody recognizes. They just didn't have the uh, Freddy Krueger legs <laughs> above the door there.
1: Right, 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 yeah, the Freddy glove hanging. I was actually uh, looking at a a YouTube video recently where they were talking how that was actually done uh, three times because they did it once in Evil Dead 2 when they're down in the cellar in two different times. Apparently, I caught one of them. I didn't catch the second one, so i got to go back and watch it, but uh, two different times on the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. Yeah, they did that with, the, with the 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 homage homage with uh, the Freddy glove, but interesting little tidbit.
0: Yeah, anyway, I mean the 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 cabin. I mean, it had the trapdoor, like in Evil Dead. Yep, so I mean, like er- the, everything, everything. I mean, they just they don't have the girl, and they're not in a station wagon. I mean, that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's really about it. There's no chainsaw on the end of anybody's arm. <laughs> Well, Sadly yet. enough, no, 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 ch- no chainsaws in this movie. There never is
0: enough chainsaws.
1: <laughs> but what I love the Fran, uh, who's the ac- Fran Crantz, I think is his last name, who plays Marty. I just he's the only one of them in the movie that knows what's going on. S- sort of. He doesn't quite know what's going on, but he is the only one that senses. Marty is the only one that senses something is off.
0: His eyes are open, if that makes yes. sense. Yes,
1: yes, because he altered his mind and opened no. his eyes, he saw something that, that was not meant to be seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he, 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 knew. Saw, he saw beneath
1: the surface. Yes,
0: he knew something was up.
1: But, you know, you start getting the I- idea here little bit by little bit that they're setting these kids up for something. Between the watching them, monitoring them, videotaping them, they've been altering their minds with, you know, you find out that the one girl had recently dyed her hair, but they had slipped a drug that seeped into her scalp and was changing her mind. And they, you know, also uh, put drugs in the beer that they were drinking or releasing pheromones out the air ducts. But they're altering these people's minds. They're setting them up for something.
0: So So was this a cabin in the woods on... Weinstein and Cosby's Island. <laughs>
1: Hopefully not. Hopefully oh, okay. not. This okay. is a this is a different type of uh different different type of uh mind oh.
0: Yeah. oh okay, okay. No, no Lord, co- no Lord. cosby's no weinsteins in this movie. <laughs> Casting dot <couch>. com
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's so bad. <laughs> Uh, but, okay. but we digress. Back, folks. back to we Mr. Uh,
0: M- M- Mr. Crans, Mr.
1: But yeah, he he he's uh, he's the only one that bit by bit is seeing things that the others aren't seeing or noticing things that uh, they aren't aren't noticing. But they're they're partying. They 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 get to the cabin. They start to let loose a little bit. They're rolling joints. They're drinking. They're dancing. They, but they they also start to notice there's a few things that are a little bit off. You know, there's a bunch of weird stuff in, in the house or in the cabin. You know, there's a two-way mirror in one room that one person finds, so they switch rooms up. Hard. And Yeah, that was a, an I mean, interesting uh... scene. <laughs> well, we, we should say that it's it's a funny scene. There's a yep. girl and a guy. They're supposed to be getting set up as kind of a couple. Uh, the, the guy notices that there's a two-way mirror between his room and the main girl's room. And they're, uh, she's starting to undress and she's very sexy. They're both, they're they're both sexy young people. But he starts to notice that she's undressing and he watches for a moment. Then he's like, wait, no, no, I can't do this. So he notifies her, tells everybody else in in the cabin, hey, this is kind of weird. You know, I found a two way mirror, you know, weird people must have lived here. Well, they switch rooms up. So the girl, the, 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 the guy is now in in the girl's original room and he starts to undress and starts to change out of his clothes. And at first she's not going to cover up the, the, you know what I mean? Not going to cover up the mirror because she stops, you know, he was all like, Oh wait, no, I can't do this. This this ain't cool. But she was just like, nah, I'm going to watch this a little bit. You know, I kind of like this guy's washboard abs. I think. I thought it was funny. The Dana character—that's it. That's her name. I I, I kept for, forgetting her name. Dana. Uh, she's yeah. our heroine of the movie. But anyway, they 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 get, the they get <laughs> down to it. They they the heroine the, that the, the, the hero.
0: Leave that stuff.
1: But anyway, they the the party proceeds. All of a sudden, bam! For no reason whatsoever, the cellar door flies open. <laughs> And I think, you know what I mean, it's another great line by Marty. Because somebody says, oh, the wind must have blown it open. And Marty has that line where he's just like, um, like, that makes what kind of sense? You know? Right. He's like, you know, the wind's going to, that thing's got to weigh 40 pounds. It, the wind's not going to just blow it open. So what does everybody do? What they always do in a horror movie? They go down into the cellar and investigate.
0: You and know, they, uh, uh, bah.
1: <laughs> now do you think at certain points like that that in movies like these even if you love a movie like this do you ever just want to scream like why why go to- no no oh. put, put something heavy oh. on top of that Wait. cellar
0: door get in your car and leave yes exactly a- a- every time I'm just like oh really come on come-
1: but at the same time well... if they did that there wouldn't be much of a movie yes exactly
0: but that'd be a short
1: movie I'd be like, well, shit. This movie was twenty three minutes. That wasn't very long. <laughs> but anyway, they 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 go down into the into the cellar, and it's one of my two favorite scenes of the movie. There's just tons of weird shit, and that's when you know they're still cutting back and forth between the people that are watching. You got your, uh, you know, your uh, two office space characters, as I call them, <clears throat> oh. played by uh, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford and Bradley. they're they're always kind of they're Bradley. always kind of watching yeah Bradley. i know you don't you don't you Bradley. don't like mr whitford do you no <laughs> i his can't help face, it I, I like him his i love that voice. Guy. um <laughs> wait i got let, let, sure let it all he, out tell us how you really really
0: feel jerry him and that the 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 bad guy. Like I said, it's always best to be a bad guy because you can get so much heat so easy. But him and that that dildo from uh, what was that? Um, the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, oh, Adam Sandler. Billy Billy Madison. No, the bad guy, Billy Madison.
1: Oh, oh, that's right. He was the bad guy in Billy Madison, wasn't he? Was he? Was he the bad guy in Billy? Yes, he was.
0: Yeah, you were just, I yeah. Can't stand he was him. also
1: the. I remember him always being the bad guy in uh, uh, Revenge
0: of the Nerds Part Two. Whoa, <laughs> he was in a movie. He was in the. He was in a movie in my first movie I was ever in. Really? I was. It was my senior year. I was 16 years old, and I was in a movie, and he was in it. And I didn't beat his ass then. <laughs> wait,
1: wait. Now, did you not like him even back then?
0: No, I didn't know who he was
1: back then. <laughs> okay, I'm just but, making sure he didn't say some or do something to you on set that
0: that that set forth this this hatred no, of him. No, but I, I would if I can make a quick side note. This of is course. the movie. This is the movie that, I, when I was in it, I saw the main person act, and it made me want to become an actor.
1: Okay, good. Right. something so, good
0: came out of that. Huh? The name of the movie is Cobb. Oh,
1: Tommy and Lee Jones. Jones Tommy Lee
0: Jones. Yes, where he played Ty Cobb. Well, it's the little a good the movie. Little story. And I don't yes. normally
1: like movies about baseball to be, you know, quite honest, but really anything with Tommy Lee Jones is worth watching once.
0: Oh yeah. And what he did in that movie made me want to become an actor. Would you like to know what he did in that movie?
1: Yes, I I, I definitely would.
0: This is a story that me and my father tell to everybody because we were the only ones that got called from the family to be extras because at Rickwood Field here in Birmingham is the oldest Uh, baseball field and like one of the oldest baseball fields in america birmingham black barons united negro league uh, baseball team played there so they had a time period so we were down there and they fed us we got paid and all we had to do was wear suits and carry around cardboard buddies we had to carry around two cardboard buddies they were half-cut cardboard people on sticks that you sat in the seats next to you to fill seats.
1: That's interesting.
0: that That's yeah.
1: how they fill the the stadium. Yes. Nice. That, so your job it... was not only be an extra but the double for two other extras at the
0: same time. Exactly. Nice. So we're sitting there in one of the baseball scenes Tommy Lee Jones is up there and I'm sitting probably about 15-20 rows back and you have all these professional ball players dressed up in their old gear, and you have the um, people who are getting paid more money, not, not just extras, but they get paid more money. They're like feature extras because they're closer. Well, Tommy Lee Jones does his line, and he turns and looks, and he yells, Cut! God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad looks over at me. And he says, they didn't have Coca-Cola cups in 19 whatever year it was. Remove that cup and remove that extra. Oh, and it wasn't, it wasn't it you, was it? No, no, no. It was somebody in that <laughs> in that special row, you know, the okay featured gotcha. extra. And everybody ran and removed the extra, removed the cup. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it was like so much respect. And I was like, I want that. And and I, I wanted to be Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of your life since then has been a pursuit of trying to be like Tommy Lee Jones. No, just just well, I I, I became worse than Tommy Lee Jones. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who needs respect when yeah, you're? That's feared? a good story. What? Right, right. Sorry, I had that, a, that's a little side note. I, I, that, just because I looked on what's his face, because I can't stand that actor. <laughs> oh, I'll forgive you for that one.
1: Uh I, I, I like him. I, I think he I think he's pretty good shit. I loved him in Get Out. Uh, I loved him as the asshole and. Ah, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Most of the time in movies, I end up not liking him or the characters he plays because he usually plays pretty smarmy characters. But you know, he doesn't. See it well.
0: that? What that was him in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh my goodness! I wanted to beat him, beat him up then.
1: <laughs> I wanted to knock him out at the end, just like uh, Robert Carradine did. I love him sure. in this, though. I love the the banter between his his character, uh, Hadley. And Sitterson, the 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 two office characters that are monitoring these kids.
0: Now, now let, let me say, Cameron. He's a good actor. I just don't like him. Okay, there. Right on. Hey, in, case he, in, case, you know, in case he wants to fight, I'm I'm available. <laughs> I know celebrity I death take- match is over, but I, I I think we could do claymation as well. So.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Besides, I think you could take him. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I almost got ahead of myself here. We'll get to one point here and later. I was going to say you could take him out because we we know how he goes down in this movie. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, let let's face it. You know, we're we're it's, it's a movie that's uh, eight years old. By now, we are. You know, if if you haven't seen it, you should see it. But uh, we're going to be spoiling some things a little bit later. <laughs> When we get down to the nitty gritty, which that's uh, basically what happens in this scene. When they get down into the cellar, uh, they find a whole bunch of trinkets, a bunch of weird stuff. They found, find things that eventually is going to open a door and seal their fate. There's a puzzle box. So there's like a little music box and a ballerina. You know, there there's a weird necklace. There's film canisters with weird films on them. There's a book that's much like the Necronomicon and there's all these different items and everybody is kind of drawn to another item, which is, you finally figure out that's what they have been doing. This group, uh-huh. this organization is trying to get them down there to open up one of these trinkets, to, to open up the door. And I think we should fi- finally uh, open up also about what this movie is about. They're, they're going to, the, they want these people to be sacrificed. They want them to be sacrificed as a offering to uh, to keep the elder gods at bay. Well, I guess we'll we could
0: just say that. And it was keeping them. And although, for monetary purposes, from if I saw correct when they were gambling on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the group gambles on like what they're <laughs> it's
0: like. It's like is. I'm, I'm looking at the board right now this member yeah there's involved. so many
1: different things on the board actually Dragging i had a,
0: a snowman
1: there was a kill yeah there was a killer snowman there was a killer zombie well you know they end up choosing um a, a book the, ma- the main character dana gets a book that's basically a necronomicon of sorts and she gets to a point in the book that's li- there's literally where there the next part is latin and you know, Marty again has the best scene, you know, or the best lines. Do not read the
0: Latin. Don't don't do it.
1: Yeah, he's like, I dare you to go back upstairs, you know. <laughs> but uh it
0: just just so happened. Just so happened somebody was like, Ha ha, I know how to speak Latin.
1: How is there always somebody that can speak Latin? How many people you know can just randomly speak
0: latin i've my brother told me it was a forgotten language the other day <laughs> my brother david what? Said, you cut out there my brother, for a moment sir oh I'm sorry. sorry my brother david told me the other day it's a forgotten language or a lost language on some app and i was like that's funny <laughs> latin i was like let's learn it and then yeah, I you thought know, back to this movie. No, let's not.
1: Yeah, you know, people probably uh, should just le- you know leave that a, a a dead language. It just opens up things. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's 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 if movies have taught us anything, reciting anything in Latin is uh, a bad idea, and it is a bad idea because that's when they awaken.
0: On the yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: <laughs> just say <singing> it behind you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, they end up waking up. With, uh, there's a bunch of different things on the board. There's dozens and dozens of killers listed by name. And there's actually a point when they, with the book, they open up the Buckner family, which is listed on the board that they're all betting on as zombie redneck torture family. And one person is mad because they feel they should be getting paid because they chose zombies and the guy has to correct her. He's like, yeah, you chose zombies, but this is zombie redneck torture family. So uh, <laughs> I love that part. I I, I love the, this, the absurdity of it. The fact that like, no, no, it's not zombies. It's zombie redneck torture family. And then there's, and actually of all the killers, there's a bunch of killers and a bunch of creatures and a bunch of things listed on this board. And I, I made note of one of them that, Never, I I never paid attention. Well, I paid attention, but I never caught before. Was simply just Kevin. Like, what was Kevin, or who was Kevin? I just,
0: I I don't, I don't know. I didn't notice that, but that's. I wonder who. What if Kevin was the one that wrote that up there? Wrote the board. Maybe. (laughs) I'm I'm going to put my name on here since I ain't going to be in the credits. I'm going to put my name on the board.
1: Here's here's a twist, uh, not a twist, but here's a little trivia fact. I just I, I looked online while we were talking, and I found a still shot of and a list of all the names of all the creatures that's on this board. And I'm going to recite them. It's a long list, but this gives you an idea of something we're going to see uh, later on in the film. Uh, my, now it says here, it starts off with werewolves, alien beast mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilius, clowns, witches, sexy witches. <clears throat> hey. Yeah. Demons. Oh. Doesn't say demon Jerry, but demons. Yeah. The angry molesting tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am Groot. I'm Groot. Uh, <laughs> hell lord, which is the next one, which that's funny. <laughs> uh, giant snake, deadites there you go there's your uh, another evil dead reference yeah mummy uh, the bride scarecrow folk snowman <laughs> dragon bat vampires <laughs> dismemberment goblins that's very specific dismemberment yes. goblins sugar plum fairies a merman the reanimated unicorn huron Sasquatch Wendigo Yetis. (laughs) Dolls and our aforementioned uh, zombie redneck torture family. A jack-o'-lantern. Doctors, giants, twins, and then Kevin. Kevin, ah, Jesus. Is is Kevin kind of like Karen? Is somebody with a bobbed haircut who's going to complain about not enough lemon in their ice water? Yeah. Somebody that Could just be. comes up to you and kills no, you. No, he probably by-
0: drinks all those monsters and drives those big old giant jacked up trucks. You know, him, <laughs> and, you know, him and Zach chill. Kevin and Zach. They chill down by the, the lake and scream at the girls. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, that's the list of all our... Um, Kevin. Yeah. And actually, if you think about Angry Molesting Tree is... Angry molesting tree is also another uh, rather obvious uh, Evil Dead re- reference.
0: That is because the tree did get a little bit, little filly. A little yeah, he
1: got a little action there. But uh, he got a little seeing, wood. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he, he he had a lot of wood, but he also. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really something's weird. so not right with us, but so, that's why we're here. Well, anyway, that uh, we, we digress once again. But the Buckner families, our Buckner yep. zombie redneck torture family, is unleashed, and so. they attack, and they um, they attack a, a couple in the woods that are uh, doing a little uh, ardvarking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that's the best way best way I can think of putting it. They're they're getting busy with a little ardvarking, and the redneck torture family shows up with a bunch of blunt and sharp instruments instruments
0: and a
1: big instrument
0: but uh (laughs) you rang
1: no well i I did ask you to come on the show for a reason (laughs) anyways anyways so the main (laughs) Buckner family member has this crazy weapon of a bear trap that's like mounted on the end of a chain that he just throws at people.
0: Was that not
1: so, yeah, that was badass. Way, I kind of want to so
0: I want a solo movie is, just about them. That is Dan Payne. He plays Matthew Buckner. Why I bring that up is for all of y'all people who make horror movies and think that six foot four is big, call me. <laughs> okay, that's all.
1: Well, it's, it's a tough tough world being five foot three. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which I am not. I'm not five foot three. I'm the same for somebody that's five foot three. It's a
0: tough world. You can't reach stuff on that top shelf. No, nope. no, nope, they can't. That's why I'm there. Walking <laughs> cruising Walmart. Hey... Yeah, I'll get that down for you. Can I get that number? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm, I imagine that works all the time.
0: Uh, no, it don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As well, it probably shouldn't. You know, if, if you don't have more game than that, then
0: yeah. Whatever. I Anyways. got so much game, I got to sleep on my stomach because it just comes out my ass. <laughs> oh, wrote a song about it. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. Go. That was only in Living Color, I want to say. So, a little Living Color for you young whippersnappers that don't even know that kids. Is. Google it. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So, we got... Da- Dana is now dead. No, not Dana. Sorry. <laughs> no. Dana, is, Dana is not... It, <laughs> she is not dead. Jules is dead. Yes. So, she's dead. Chris Hemsworth's character who I cannot remember, and I'm not going to look it up. Kurt. Was it hurt? Okay, Kurt. Kurt. He, he, he runs, he makes it back, he's wounded and whatnot, and he warns everybody that they're coming, uh, that this crazy redneck torture f- zombie family is
0: coming. And, and he this- was moving his arm to be stabbed in that shoulder.
1: Oh, yeah. People I, I notice oh. in, in oh. movies never react to, to injuries quite the way that they should. Like that, that arm would have been useless. But you know, is what it is. I, can and get I hit I must... my
0: funny bone, and I'm laying on the floor crying for three days. And this guy <laughs> gets stabbed with a twelve inch knife in his and it hits neck. nothing
1: vital. The, the 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 knife is fully embedded into his back, full twelve inches in <gasps> his back, and it doesn't hit a lung, it doesn't hit it's a like... major artery, and he's just like. Just Running and throwing and kicking and punching and, and yeah. throwing his shoulder into the door to block, you know, the the block the door and like it ain't nothing. He He's turns, tough. Then
0: he turns <laughs> and looks at the camera, and says, "Thanks, Zeus." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I must say, because uh, what's I'm, his name is the writer from the Avengers. Hmm.
1: Oh, that's right. Well, this was made
0: before the Avengers.
1: I know. And before Thor and whatnot. And I have to say. Uh, I feel the same way about Chris Hemsworth as you feel about Bradley Whitford. I really? can't stand I him. I, I don't. I don't enjoy him as an actor. I think he's very, uh, just very bland. Is not very good. Not is, very much depth.
0: He, not. He's typecast for one. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's the been horribly typecast. Of the Joan blonde. No offense to anybody who's ever played the dumb blonde, but he is typecast as the dumb blonde. Uh, Ghostbusters, if yeah. we will call that. Um, well, I hardly call that a movie. I mean, even when he plays Thor. I mean, when he was, what was it, Thor Ragnarok. He still plays, <gasps> I work with him. Come on. Yeah, come on. You, you just, you're playing the I'm, same character no matter what. You're eye candy for the women. That's it. <laughs> I just don't
1: see him as uh, I I don't know. What? In most movies, I'm just gonna say that's where i what I'm getting to. In most films, I I tend to not like him. I will like a movie despite the fact that he's in it, uh, but I like him in this because it's it is a bit yeah. out of out of character for him. I mean, he was getting started at this point, you know. But I, I I enjoy the humor of the film, and it, and he plays well with the, the humor that they they're given with the movie. There's a whole scene at the beginning when he meets up with his girlfriend, and he uh, the Kirk character does. He meets up with Jules, and he finds he, she's got a bunch of books. He's like, "Where'd you get these? Who who got you these?" And He's like, "You. Like, you like, yeah. Where did I watching you?" I, I remember that like that
0: was that. a commercial back in the what late
1: 80s yeah late 80s early 90s the whole the anti drug campaign you were know, the dad yeah where would you get this who showed you this you all right <laughs> it's great
0: right. watching you but this and, was two, you know, also
1: 2012 I, i'm sure none of the, these people in I mean, in, in this movie remember that
0: no no oh, and and the, the 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 funny thing about it is you can only do that with drugs, not masturbation. Okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that
1: joke wouldn't wor- <laughs> really work, would it? i from watching you. Whoa, what? what? It's oh, like, son, that? we need to have talks about many things, and that needs to be one of them. <laughs> what? It's your mom's fault. Oh. Okay. Anyway, back. Anyway, yeah, back to the film. Back to the film. <laughs> Everybody's splitting up. And that's that's the one thing I, I oh, also got to mention. But, but they don't split they up they because said, they think it's a good idea. They split up because you know you're about to touch on it. You know why? They they were uh, they were changed. Their minds were changed. Yep, with pheromones and or yes, they were going to alter the uh the Stoner guy's mind at one point. You know, as the 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 team that's monitoring them, they were going to uh shoot him up with a bunch of Thorazine because he finds one of the cameras and figures out that they're being watched, you know. Yeah. But, you know, there's another scene that comes up, and stoner guy Marty gets killed. Or we think he gets killed. He might not. Because, you know, people come back in horror movies, you know. Dead doesn't always mean dead. But uh, one of the zombie redneck torture family shows up, drags him out, they're fighting outside, and what does he use as a weapon against this thing with a big machete? His bong. Shing, extends it out all the way out to four foot and just starts swinging.
0: But he it's goes like, down swinging. Like it, my bong is bigger than yours.
1: My Schwartz <laughs> is bigger than yours. Schwartz is bigger than your Schwartz. <laughs> but then at that point, um, our uh, our main character Dana, her. Uh, her uh, boyfriend, I forget his name, I think it was Holden, and Kurt all escape. They th- Jules is dead, Marty is dead, they're escaping in the RV, and there's something goes <laughs> wrong that the team has to really, you know, like they're trying to stop them from leaving because they have to die, you know, they, if, if these kids don't die, bad things are going to happen with the with the elders, god. the elder gods will not be pleased. So they blow up the the uh, tunnel for the RV. They managed to escape with their life. So what does Kurt think he's going to do? He's going to take his dirt bike across this gap. You know, like I forgot that how big this gap was,
0: but evil it was, some,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was an evil Knievel type jump, but you know, we're supposed to believe it cause he's Thor and he's our hero.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he, you know, he thinks he's going to jump this ch- chasm And he's going to make it and he's going to bring back the cavalry. So he, you know, he rears back, he launches and launches. He's in the air, and you think everything's going to be all right, but nope. He hits that invisible force field and he basically pretty much explodes in a shower of sparks. The bike explodes. He hits it and just falls and falls hundreds and hundreds of feet, just bouncing off this electrified fence. This is tearing him up. His arms and legs are just flip-flopping in every and direction and just falls and, and that's it that, that's our hero of the movie like, you know it's set up that Bobby he's
0: coyote to you
1: know the big bad hero yeah and he's gone it's funny uh I, it's it, it's a tragic scene for the characters in it because they're like oh shit and he was going to save us we're kind of fucked but i'm sorry i'm a twisted individual i laugh at that scene every time I laughed out loud when I saw it in theaters. And I don't remember how many people were in the theater, but I know I was the only one that was laughing at that scene. So that tells anything about my psyche. But
0: so that's, uh, you know, one side note. Yes. One day, one day we'll have to do the 2009 Friday the 13th because I got a great story, movie theater story for you. So a nice. little little something for you. Yeah, we'll do that.
1: All right. So now Kurt is dead. Dana and Holden are are trying to, you know, getting ready to head head back to the cabin because they, you know, they got nowhere else to go. Uh, But problems are starting to ensue for the for the people down below the people in the office, because, you know, they're in cahoots with other countries that also have their own little groups that are supposed to be offering up sacrifices to these elder gods. And it's kind of like a fail-safe. It's like Russia's working on it, Mexico's working on theirs, Japan, Japan and China both have you know, different groups going on. So if one doesn't succeed, there's always the next one that's setting them up. Because there's a very specific order in which these people are supposed to die. And if it doesn't go in the right order, everything goes bad. But it's starting to get bad because everybody has failed everybody has failed and now it's left up at the very last ones to fail i think was the japanese group and now it's left to the americans to, you know what i mean it's like now they're they're the fake they're they have no fail safe they're 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 the last last group left so you know they're making sure everything's gonna go just as planned but everything has not gone just as planned because about two seconds later Holden gets killed with a big old knife through his face, blows through the back of his head. Big gory shot. Very, very well done effects. Yeah, I, it was I, great. I think, yeah, it was a. Uh, there's a lot of CG in this movie. A lot of CG gore, but there's a lot of good practical effects in here as well. I, I must add. Uh, it it, ba- it doesn't really ride that balance of you know fifty-fifty practical versus digital. I think there's a little bit more digital, but uh, I appreciate the practical effects when they're there. And I love picking them out. But uh, boom, he's dead. The RV goes into the lake. Dana's fighting for a life. Everybody thinks, the Americans think everything is, is going good, that they got their last person you know, to kill, so everything's gone in order. But there's a glitch in the system. Everybody's partying. Everybody's drinking and celebrating while Dana's being beat to a bloody pulp by the Buckners and a little monkey wrench gets thrown into the plan, and that's Marty. Marty is not dead. Marty shows up. Yeah, he's beat up. He's a little bloody, and he's a little torn up. But Marty shows up and saves the day, and what does he save the day with? Ladies and gentlemen, he saves the day with a bong. He bashes the Buckner upside the head with it and manages to distract him long enough so him and Dana are able to escape and get back towards the cabin. And you find out that Marty is the only one who's been avoiding all the mind-altering outside influences because he's a stoner, because he's been smoking dope, that the strain of dope that he's been smoking has somehow, you know, blocked all this outside influence, all the different drugs that they've been trying to give them, you know, the mist that they've been pumping in through the air ducts and the different things, you know. So, yeah, they actually have a, a scene where they reference it and it's like, everything that he's been smoking is blocked, you know. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly how, how how it was said, but you got what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but anyway, he, that's why he's the... You know, which I appreciated for once, that there was a movie where the stoner character was intelligent and it wasn't just... A guy uh, that was just, you know, like the atypical Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, couple of hippies in the back of a van, like, oh, the van's on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, was it wasn't jaggy. like that. He was actually in- intelligent, and you know, but his intelligence also uh, helps save the day, but also helps ruin the day. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but they get back to the, to the, where the cabin is and, into to the hole the grave that was dug in the ground where one of the Buckners came out of the ground, but in there is a tunnel and they tunnel underground, there's an elevator shaft and there's this crazy moment. He's like, well, you know, he reveals to Dana, Marty does that, you know, he thinks he knows what's going on, that they've been set up, that they, the, the, the monsters, were sent via this elevator from underground to kill them. But he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, there's no controls in the elevator. He's like, but from up here, I think I can get it to go down. And it's one of the best exchanges. It's like, well, do we want to go down? And you know, he he, kind of just replies like, I think we have a choice. You know, where else are we going to go? So and it's one of the best scenes in any horror movie ever. I know this Movie has fans uh, divided on a lot of levels, but I will still argue the point that the scene where they're going down the elevator, and this revealed that all these monsters are in these like cubes underground, like a prison system and changing cube system that's just moving and changing, and there's dozens, if not hundreds, of
0: of creatures,
1: things. Yeah. And each one is different. You know, there's a little girl with nothing but teeth for a face and there's a wraith. There's uh, a crazy guy that kind of looks a little bit like Pinhead from Hellraiser, you know, that has a bunch of saw blades sticking out of his head. And who was that?
0: Who was that? I don't
1: know. I think it was just supposed to be a wink and a nod to Hellraiser because he's, you know, he's holding a sphere instead of a box.
0: But yeah, even the But Remember the puzzle box that they were playing with underneath the cabin In the right, basement that w- of the cabin, that was the same puzzle box, was it not? Yes, it was Yes, it was So if they would have opened up that puzzle box
1: where they were down in that cellar That, that could have been very much the, you know These kind of pseudo Hellraiser-like Cenobites would have came after them Instead of the Buckner family So more and more of this picture is kind of being revealed, you know as they're going down and there's just, and then the camera pulls back and there's this wide shot and you see these dozens, if not hundreds of cubes, there's giant snakes, there's a dragon, there's unicorns, there's crazy clowns, there's killers with masks. There's this, every little thing that you could possibly imagine. And you really realize uh, the scope of what we're dealing with. And, you know, it's one of those, that's like, I feel as if, The character Marty was wants to just go. See, I told you, I'm right. I'm right. I don't want to be right right now, but Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I am. And you know, now the a voice comes over the uh, the intercom system, uh, a lady's voice that basically starts telling them what's going on. They're like, "Listen, you know, you need to die." Just let it happen. If you fight it, it's just going to make it worse for you. So just kind of, you know, this voice is just beckoning them to just, you know, kind of lay down your lives for the good of mankind and just let us do this. And (laughs) and like, uh, yeah, and they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They decide to, to, to fight back. And what do they do? They flip a switch while they're in this control room that opens everything up. It's the most beautifully gory crazy couple of seconds of celluloid that i've ever seen it's another one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's probably my second or third favorite scene but this the doors all open up and all these creatures come out everything i mean zombies flying creatures giant snakes a crazy a a murdering unicorn that runs (laughs) that was amazing i did I, I that was my total one what total number one what the fuck moment in this movie. I was this? like, yeah. really a, a unicorn. <laughs> but you know, this also runs a little cover for our heroes. The, the two that are left, Dana and Marty, they're trying to escape, and there's uh there's a scene where I mean, there's even a werewolf. There's uh some like uh, um, uh a merman, that's right. We forgot our our, our, our dude that you that you uh, dislike so much, Bradley Whitford. It always bet has been betting on the same thing for years, wanting to see a merman. And, and let's get back to his character. this' probably your favorite scene with him, I imagine, since he gets pretty much his, his face eaten off.
0: But he mm-hmm. finally
1: gets to see a merman. All he talked about, like several times in the movie, when they're all partying and drinking and having oh, a good time. Man. Okay. I would have loved to have seen a merman. They're like, dude, you've been betting on that for 14 years. You know, it's never going to happen. As after an explosion goes off and everybody in this whole installation is dying, he's laying on the ground. He's trying to get up from, you know, this bomb going off and he looks over (laughs) and what's crawling across the floor towards him. But the fucking murder man, it is a beautiful scene. You know, I know you don't like his 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 character, but it is a great scene because just his reaction, like like like, you know, come on, like really, and it's a great scene. It's, a, it's yeah. another one that gets a big it, laugh it for me. Great. Yeah. But now we're getting to the big uh, the big reveal and the big cameo of the film. We have managed to not either one of us let let this one out until uh, right now. So. Spoiler beware I'm getting a big spoiler here The voice that you've been hearing And the person who's in charge All this uh, we almost forgot to mention They have mentioned several times Of a person just simply named the director They've never shown this Person and you've never Even heard from this person until now Until you see Sigourney fucking Weaver show up Like I I was just like wow (laughs) Like that that's, was just a pretty cool cameo, and she's playing the director. And there's this big scene of exposition where, you know, she explains to both Dana and Marty, like, "Listen, you all had to die in an order. You know, like first the horror was supposed to die, and then the athlete, and then the the, the fool, mm-hmm. and then the the scholar, and then the virgin," which the main character Dana looks at her and goes, "Virgin and me." <laughs> And so Weaver just looks at her and just kind of shrugs and says, Well, we, we you know, we work with what we have. It's <laughs> another, another good laugh. It's another good laugh. But she she, you know, tells them like, listen, you know, he has to die. Marty has to die. You can live, you don't necessarily have to die. You have to die last if you die at all. And this is the big point. This is the, the question I have, two big questions. And I'll pose each one to you. First off, if if you were Marty or if you were Dana, would you have believed the director? Huh. I would have. See, I would have, too. Because at that point, with all the crazy shit that you've been seeing, was her story really that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, after everything I've been saying, no, no, I'm... I'm... I would believe anything being told to me after I saw a unicorn. Right. Ball, a dude. Right. So, yeah. yeah. See, that's the,
1: where I, I had trouble at first. When I first saw it, I've been like, I wouldn't have believed this bitch. I wouldn't have believed a word she said, but in subsequent viewings, that's the, the conclusion that I came to. Cause it's the same one you have, it, because it's not the, the, it's not the strangest thing. That you, <laughs> that you, you know, yeah, that you've seen or have heard in the last 90 minutes. It's like, you know, after all the things that you've seen, somebody telling you, well, well hey, listen, this was a big ploy to get you here. You all had to die in, in a certain order because there, there's these elder gods, these giant elder gods that live underneath us right now. You know, if you look over the edge of the chasm, you know, they're right down there. And if we yeah. don't appease them, they're going to come up and they're going to kill the entire world. They're going to bring about the destruction of the entire earth. If you don't die, if they don't kill stoner guy, if Marty doesn't die, everybody dies. So, right. it, it, you know, and that's basically it. I mean, poor fucking Marty, he's in a, between a rock and a hard place because, uh, unfortunately, Dana's got a gun. And she pulls a gun on him. She's, you know, like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, but, you know, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, let the, the whole world die. And she's gonna shoot him. But, a werewolf is coming up behind her. <laughs> this is just how random this movie is with the random uh, creatures and whatnot that are in it. Once they all get opened up, you know, and the the werewolf bites her and attacks her. Marty gets the gun. He shoots the werewolf. The werewolf leaves. I mean, Dana is not quite dead. She's probably going to die from her wounds, but you know, she's still alive. The Marty and the director Sigourney Weaver fight it out. But spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Marty <laughs> kills the director, or, and actually, no, Marty does not kill the director. I'm sorry, I, oh. I, 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 I almost fucked up there. No, he did not. The Buckner girl shows up and she kills uh, yeah. the director with an axe to the head, and then Marty tosses them over the side, and that's you know essentially about the end of our movie. We only got a couple of minutes left. The, you know, the countdown's going, you know, she had told them at one point, you know, you got the next, uh, you have the next eight minutes to decide what you're going to do, because in eight minutes, you know, it, the clock's going to strike midnight, and you know, that's it, you know, we're done, and the, the Elder Gods will be here, so they're just like, you know, fuck it, it's, it's that time for the world, the world's going to end, they're, they're just riding it out, they're just laying there on the steps, both slowly bleeding to death, and kind of reminiscing, <laughs> like, you know, I would have really like liked to kind of seen the the these elder gods. I, I would have liked to see them. Yeah, like how wild would that have been for our weekend? So what does what does Marty do, Jerry?
0: <laughs> oh crap! I forgot.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Paul's me. Oh my gosh. Oh, he 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 pulls out a joint. He pulls
0: out the ball. Oh yeah, the joy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I went blank there for a second. No, no problem go ahead and run with it oh yeah so yeah he he pulls out the joint (laughs) (laughs) and then something
1: happens (laughs) yeah but but no anyway marty uh he he pulls out the joint he just lights it and they start passing it back and forth they kind of apologize to each other in some small talk like hey I'm sorry I was going to shoot you. I mean, I probably wouldn't have, but I'm sorry. And then he just called me. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry I let you get beaten or bitten by a werewolf. And they're just like, yeah, it's okay. And
0: they're just... just that's, that—that's, that, I guess, part of the reason why I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of the because, many reasons yeah, why we don't remember. Yeah, well, that and that, the climactic end. And then it just went into the silliness. So... Well, one thing
1: I gotta say before we get to what ultimately happens in the final fifteen seconds of this movie, I gotta ask you a one more question, and this is something that's bugged me about the movie uh, on a certain level ever since I've seen it. All right, let's just say uh, Dana had killed Marty and she had survived. What if kind of thing? If she had killed Marty and would have survived, and they would have let her go, what would she have turned into a werewolf? Uh, that that's my big question about the movie, because she did get attacked and did get bitten, pretty viciously. Yeah, I mean, I never thought about it, but I mean, but if you go by traditional movie lore, if 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 it had been a what if kind of category, she, since she gotten bitten, she I would have think that she would have turned into a werewolf and that could have been our sequel, Dana Werewolf. But that's yeah. not how. Th- it's not how things go down. Uh, she does not turn into a werewolf. She does not survive because, as we're counting down in the final seconds, everything is collapsing all around them. It's, it's the ending. The last 15 seconds this is very much like a Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom kind of movie because everything around them in this big temple that's all stone and carved rock is collapsing around them, and fissures are starting to burst up through the ground, and then literally the ground explodes and this giant <laughs> arm and hand of the Elder God that we've never seen up until this point that just looks like an arm built built of fire. It just looks yeah. like it was on fire, bursts out, and let's say this hand is the size It was size from Ma'ona. that? Ma'ona,
0: the Disney movie. I've never seen it. I me mean, either. Let's <laughs> see the big creature girl with the hand all oh, the fire creature girl oh. Mo- Moana or whatever it is. all them Disney people gonna get me. they're gonna hate me now. <laughs> that's okay. they already hate me. they all uh, oh, They everybody hates me now,
1: but uh, yeah, this big hand it this big fiery giant hand' where this where each finger is the size of like a, a semi truck burst out of the ground. It cuts to outside. The cabin is just sitting there all serene for about a split second. The arm bursts up out of the ground. It punches towards the camera and it just wipes to some nine inch nails music and cabin in the woods is over. Yeah. And it's kind of like bye-bye humanity. There's really no, I heard at one point they were fishing around a sequel, which I don't know how they would ever do a huh? sequel to this. How? And I don't think they ever should. I mean How unless you, I, I mean you couldn't do a sequel you could do a prequel but you know I that's, don't think that you could that's
0: the only way or another story of like the not the ring wannabes with the chinese or the uh, the asian girls
1: oh yeah and they kind of have like a would
0: like yeah that have like a different story yeah, you know, I like mean, I really, I really or, think the only way it would have worked
1: would have been a prequel because, you know, the, it's, I just don't see how it would work anyway. And and you know, I'm a writer by trade, and I just, <laughs> I've rolled that one around in my head. I'm like, how would that have worked?
0: I mean, if they if if they did it the way you say, then there is no way they could have had they could have a sequel, not a sequel, right. But it would have been interesting. But humanity, like you said, humanity's gone.
1: Right. And if the fact is, is this this was just the one arm of the one elder god. There was supposed to be multiple. Well you know? five, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's what there was. There was five.
0: Because it was one sacrifice to each god or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. So there's five of these elder gods. And let's just face it, they would uh, obliterate Earth in a matter of seconds. So it's all over, folks. You yeah. wash cabin in the woods now. Uh, life as you know it is over and it will never be the same.
0: <laughs> uh-uh. It won't. Hensworth is dead. I mean, never be the same. <laughs> <clears throat> Baby Thor is dead. Oh, pre steroids. <laughs> yeah, I said it, Marvel.
1: <laughs> now, I got to ask do you have a favorite line? A dialogue from the movie.
0: No, I don't. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I've already. I, I, I am not. I, I'm, I hate to say I am not one of those. It's got to be a super funny show that I've watched a million times. I gotcha. Before I can even remember lines. And especially, you know, in the lifted state of mind.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just don't remember that well. Nope. I think my favorite line is still "Do not read the Latin," which I think is good uh, horror movie advice for anybody who thinks that they may or may not be in a horror movie. If you think even for a second you might be in a horror movie, I would say one: don't run upstairs.
0: <laughs> and, don't go
1: downstairs. Yeah, don't go downstairs e- either. Cause if you have nowhere else to go, <laughs> and don't read the Latin. I think I would ch- choose that, especially from a that's book that looks like it might easy. be the Necronomicon.
0: That's a easy. Three rules.
1: Yeah. Don't run upstairs. You know, don't run into the basement. Don't read the Latin. <laughs> that's that's simple. And I'm not tr- trying to say that Latin is, is a dead language, but if it is, it maybe it, it, there's a reason for it. It conjures demons and shit.
0: Yeah. Well, because er- everything has a Latin root, though. When you right, so yeah, are every- we all demons? <laughs> Back to the movie. Back. Well, the movie's over. The movie's well, over. And you know, we, we, we treat our bodies like amusement parks, George. <laughs> Sorry. Just uh, that one. In there. My body is
1: kind of like a temple, ancient and crumbling. I got the body of a
0: god. Buddha.
1: (laughs) Not anymore. Oh, no, not anymore. Uh, Well, sir, you about ready to give our reviews and uh, final review and get out of here? Yes. All right. We review things here. Scale from 1 to 10. Rules go. Guests go first. So go ahead. Give us your final review and a rating on a scale from 1 to 10.
0: I will say an 8. And eight, and, and I'm gonna say because of originality, and I don't believe they could have had a better cast, even with Bradley, even with Bradley, because <laughs> he fits that character, he's typecast just like Hensworth is, but not dumb blonde. He's, he's the asshole, <laughs> yep. so, he's the swarmy uh, guy, yes, he. Fit that character i just don't like his face <laughs> fair
1: enough um i'd have to give the movie i'm going to start off by uh saying it's a, a very original film i i love the premise i love the concept um i give it a nine out of ten I'm coming in just slightly higher than you i love it from a, a writing standpoint it's very intelligent it's very funny um I love Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins in it. Uh, Fran Krantz is great. He's one of the best stoner characters ever. I love the Marty character uh, because it's just, you know, it was one of the first times I, I seen a character who smoked pot that wasn't just a dummy. You know, it just wasn't a, a Beavis and Butthead type of character or a couple of, you know, just mindless stoners. He, he was the one who figured everything out. But unfortunately for the, the characters in the movie, because he figured everything out, everybody in the world had to die. So that doesn't yeah. really uh, press a good case for Marty, does it?
0: Or drugs. No,
1: no, it doesn't. Just say no, folks. But, uh, <laughs> or just say yes, you know, it's your life, it's your body. But, uh, yes, okay. I give the movie an, a 9 out of 10. It's, uh, it's shot very well, it looks very slick, the effects are good. Uh, Drew Goddard, uh, directed this, he also did, um, oh, he did one that we watched just a couple weeks ago, and I forget the damn name of it, it was another movie that had, uh, El Royale, I can't remember, that's not the full name of it, but, uh, watched it late at night uh bad times at the el royale yeah that was it and uh, hmm. with jeff bridges also has hemsworth in it also one of the few movies i like hemsworth in so maybe just uh he needs to get with drew goddard a little bit more to write okay. him a couple of characters that yeah you know or past the uh dumb blonde part but uh, but he's very good in that that's another good movie uh but yeah it's a solid film and nine out of ten it's just uh there was well, a few I will things say like... this,
0: Cameron. I will say this. I don't give out tens or even nines very easily. They got to have a foreign accent and be putting hundred dollar bills in my underwear to get a ten. <laughs> so, to,
1: wait, wait to get a ten or to get all ten?
0: No, to get a ten. Okay, okay. No, so, <laughs> all ten. I'm gonna have to call five friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Any any last thoughts on the film Before we uh call it an evening Sir No I, I
0: Thoroughly enjoyed it uh, I Haven't seen it since The theater until you asked me To come on the show with you And do this so Oh really it, I didn't know that I really enjoyed it It's one of those I Just put in the back of my mind You know one of those movies that you just, I, that I just forgot about. Let me put it like that. So I will be buying it to be putting it in my collection. Cause I got one heck of a collection of stuff, but it will be going nice. in my, my, uh, my collection.
1: Well, I am glad you came on the show and I'm glad I got you to watch it again. You know, since you hadn't seen it since the theater days. And, yeah. um, I want to thank you, Jerry, for coming on the show. I'm going to leave the show with this, uh, what'd you say, I'm sorry? I said thank you for asking. No problem, and I hope to have you on again here real soon. We'll have you on in the next episode. All right, well, we're going to call this, and then to the evening, I'm going to leave you with uh, one of my other favorite lines from the movie, which simply goes, Fuck 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 you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you!